Hey guys. Hey. Hello. <laughs> Were you waiting for me to say something, Dory, and I was waiting for you? Yes, exactly. And we stepped on each other. I know. So, you know what? It it felt natural though. <laughs> We're just it. so excited to be here after such a long break. We it's, got a little excited. Yeah. I know. And we're seeing each other's faces through the screens. Yes. yes. The yep. beauty of technology. It's yep. so great. We're all still coming live from our homes, separate homes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, I'm back in LA now. Yay. This is the first time I've been recording back in LA. Welcome back. Yeah, just in time for it to burn the hell down, burn yep. the fuck down. Yep. LA is just on fire, man. Yeah. On fire. I mean, we told you not to come back here. I, yeah, know. I didn't want to. I, you, <laughs> know, you didn't, I didn't listen. Anyway. You didn't listen. <laughs> yeah. Well, now Montana is peaking, is COVID peaking. So Is it? It is. Yeah. They're, I mean, it's still not a ba- as bad there as it is in LA. I mean, right. there's just not as many people and there's not as, it's not as comp- like condensed or whatever, you know, it's not as yeah. crowded. Um, but yeah, they're having a second wave, basically. They're having Ooh. a peak. So... They'll be fine, though. Good luck to them. It's going to be fine. They're not on fire like L.A., so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're not on literal fire. Like, yes, we have forest fires, whatever. We have fires every year. No, we are on, I don't know, changing the world fire, I guess. But you, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. This is so awkward because I don't even know how to get into this. I don't know. So we've all been in COVID quarantine. And mm-hmm. we've had our social isolation specials talking about how hard things are. And little did we know that things were just going to get so much crazier mm-hmm. and worse and dark. Yeah. And um, it's been a rough, I don't even know how much time it's been. Has it been a month? It's. What is time mm, anymore? It's been, yeah, it's what been is time? a year and a week. Like I know. I, I, I mean, know. 2020 in general has been madness particularly i'd say the past like two months yeah um you know we are living in we are living in some crazy times and you know we a revolution has begun and it is both heartening and devastating to witness and to live in and exist in um, so I think we're going to talk about all of that and just yeah. like how we're doing, what's going on. We're going to talk about the hallmark of it all, because mm-hmm. of course, hallmark always got something to say wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk about our favorite hallmark stars. Like, are they rising to meet the moment? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to talk about the stuff that is keeping us sane in the midst of all of this turmoil. Yes. So what we're talking about, of course, is, uh, again, who knows how much time has passed. The murder of George Floyd sparked a revolution. In L.A., it's been protests all over the city every day. But the first two weeks when the police, I mean, and I, I'm assuming this has gotten, be- I don't know, less worse, but the police in LA and around the country were just doing some crazy tactics. Like I just, they were basically yeah. casting themselves as the ultimate wrong guy in this fucking situation. Cause they were, 
the tear gas. It just was, it was violent and it was sad to watch. And LA was going on lockdown every night. We'd have mandatory lockdowns and then it would be like the sun would set and then it would be helicopters and, and boom pops. And, and you just knew that things were just going crazy out there and it was really unsettling. And Mm -hmm. well, I'm going to take it back a little because I think that we kind of mark, mark George Floyd's yeah. murder as a tipping point. After that, there are protests in the street, the Black Lives Matter movement, which has been going on for years since Ferguson, mm-hmm. is kind of highlighted again. But I think that what made this seem more um, intense is that Ahmaud Arbery Mm-hmm. was killed in Georgia by two white men seemingly for just being black. He was out on a jog. So this, t- this video of him being murdered again, another murder on video yeah. was found in February. So I think that for me, that's when all of this started. It wasn't George Floyd. It was that, that is the moment where I was like, here we go. Here we mm-hmm. go again. Like, Black men are just being murdered in the street. It's on video. No one cares. They weren't even arrested until they found the video of this event. Imagine what's happening off camera. And, you know, this is a fear that I definitely live with, but there's something about seeing it on video that just shakes you awake and makes you open your eyes. So that's when I started paying close attention to kind of everything that was happening. So then when, I don't know, what was it, like a month later, month and a half later, George Floyd is murdered. It's again on video, this Mm -hmm. time by a police officer. Like, that's why I think people were ready to go because already 2020 had brought us a pandemic People have lost their jobs. People are scared. Their livelihoods have been threatened. Their health has been threatened. They're watching people die. Black people are dying at disproportionately disproportionately high levels of COVID. Um, The Ahmaud Arbery case happens. And bam. It's we're off to the races after George Floyd died because all of this had been bubbling and internal and kind of simmering for months at this point. And everyone and all everyone could do was sit at home and watch mm-hmm. because none yeah. of us are really out in the world. You can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's important to remember that case too, Ahmaud Arbery and also Breonna Taylor, who yeah. was killed in her home while she was asleep. So you have these three things happening or discuss the discovery of these three things happening around the same time, also at a time when we're all home and watching and paying attention. And I think that's kind of what lit everybody up. Yeah. And it's sad. I mean, no one should ever be killed for like ever, but because it was on video, because you were constantly seeing it on repeat, which, I mean, why did we have to see it so many times? But sadly, that woke up my eyes. You know, I know this has been happening. I knew this yeah. was happening for how many years now? But yeah. I think it was the reality of watching it that really opened up a lot of people's eyes. And 
brought a lot of people together to fight for this because this like you said this has been going on this fight has been going on forever you know yeah this isn't a new fight Mm -hmm. but now that it's exposed in such a huge media like like the media was all over it and constantly replaying it there's no looking away from it now you know it's not like you just heard of a story even if you hear of a story yes you should have some like empathy about it but now that you're physically seeing this you can't you can't deny it now like the movement is here well and it's forcing people to like companies and everybody needs to say you know it it forced people to say something people meaning corporations i mean people in general but like you know every everything i ever purchased sent me an email mm-hmm. stating there yes. you know like and I don't know if we're ready to transit. I mean, I don't know if you guys want to talk more about your personal experiences or if, if we should transition to the Hallmark response of it all, or what do you think? Well, I kind of want to hear, like, I know how this feel, this has felt for me. Um, and I've been pretty like vocal on Twitter and stuff um, with, especially, and even with our Twitter account, we've said a lot. Um but how, like, how did this affect both of you? First of all, I just want to say about Twitter. <laughs> how the hell does it work? Like, I will open Erica up. Erica does not fuck with Twitter. Okay, I will open up the All the Fields. Like, I'll search literally in Google, All the Fields Twitter. And then that brings up the Twitter account. And then I click on it. And then I go to, like, look what people say and then I click on the thread and then it says you can't access this because I think it's because I don't have a Twitter account and I can't understand like (laughs) the conversations you're having with people I just cannot like am I an old lady yes like yeah how can I not get on Twitter like I still don't understand it can't you just log into our Twitter account (laughs) oh crap probably I'll send you the password Erica I just am like I'm like because like you go to click it says show more of this thread and then you do and then I'm like where'd the conversation start I don't understand who's talking who is the oh anyway if you don't know Twitter it's very confusing but I'm happy to send you the (laughs) password so that you can take a look at what's been going on in there maybe maybe it's for the best because I'll be that person that's like I think I'm tweeting to people and then I'm just tweeting on our on Uh our page and I'll be like you know, like Pick thinking up. I'm talking to someone and yeah. we're going to have a Twitter Casey. scandal because Erica <laughs> thought she was in the DMs, but she was actually <laughs> just like adding people yeah. on Twitter. Okay. Anyway, let's forget about my, my, uh, pathetic attempt at Twittering. Um, Twittering, that's not even a thing. Um, we'll so how have I been handling this? This has been different for me in the fact of I have now been looking at this as a mom you know I never had these thoughts about you know raising kids or needing to worry about it you know but now that I'm a mom I can't help but like constantly think of my kid and I'm constantly thinking of the world that he's going to grow up in and like the world he's inheriting from all of us and the thing that really got me at the beginning is it's no, I, I've told you guys both, I really struggled when I became a mom. I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of um, depression just being a new mom. There's a lot that goes on. Like you're endlessly worrying about everything. And I started thinking about, you know, me worrying about him growing up and meeting milestones and, you know, what's he going to be like in school? And then I started thinking about there's women out there that are my age, black women that are my age that have these newborn kids and they're thinking about all the things that I'm thinking about, 
But on top of it, they're worrying about their son going for a jog. They're worrying about, you know, their uh, son going to a grocery store. They're worrying about their son getting discriminated against. And I just feel, I feel for those moms because it's already so much you're worrying about. And then to add a whole nother layer like that, it's just something I'll never have to deal with. And I'm just, I just think that's so unfair, you know? And I, 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 I don't know what to say about it just cause I'll never have to have those hard conversations of, you know, you're going to get discriminated against because of your skin color. Um, and no mom should ever have to worry about that. No mom should ever have to worry about, you know, how their kid's going to needs to act around a police officer. But these moms do. And I just, like I said, like I had so much anxiety just being a mom in general. And then just to add all this extra worry, like I feel, I feel for them, you know? Um, and Dory has been super great. And she's sent me so many links of how to find resources for, you know, raising a kid in, in this world. <laughs> um, so I bought a few and I know my son's only like a year old, so I don't think it's ever too early. Like I would love, I, I already started reading some books to him. Just if anything, he's looking at the pictures, but I want those books to be the ones that he wants to reach for off the shelf, you know, um, when he does understand the words. Um, but I also know that I have to buy some tools for myself. Like I need to educate myself because if he comes to me with questions, like I want to be able to answer them. And I also want to know if he does come to me with questions that I don't know or I don't have the answers to, it's okay to tell him like, oh, you know, I have to do more research about this because I want to make sure I'm giving him, you know, the best answers and, you know, the most, you know, facts, I guess. And so I'm just trying to educate myself in all this because I... I am not aware of a lot and I just think everyone has a lot of work to do. Like it's, it's very easy to not look in the mirror and think like, Oh, well I'm not racist. There's one thing to be not racist, but you can also like, I'm trying to learn about like being anti-racist because I, I think kids learn by seeing action. Like I could say, to the end of days, like black lives matter and, you know, be nice to everyone. But at the end of the day, it's how he sees me interact with people. And my actions are going to be what he's going to, you know, listen to. And I don't know. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Well, Erica, I have to say you were, I feel like you texted me. It had to have been like the day after George Floyd was murdered. It was very early after he was killed. And Erica texted me and it was kind of like a textbook text of how to support your black friends during this time. And it meant a lot to me because Erica basically said, you know, she was first like acknowledging like, Hey, I'm seeing what's going on. Like I see this. And I think it's fucked up. And I don't know if you want to talk to me, a white woman, about this, but I love you and I'm here. And then she said, you know, I, I will do everything to raise my son to be anti-racist, essentially. Like, this is a very quick description of what the text was. It was a lot longer. 
but that and and she sent it like very early and that text really made me think like oh my gosh are are white people paying attention to this more seriously now because before I feel like these things happen and then there's a little bit of a hubbub for a few days, a few weeks, maybe a few months if we're lucky and then nothing. And that text was the first one where I was like, Oh my God, like, is this getting on everyone's radar? Is everyone kind of reevaluating where we are? And so one, that text meant a lot, Erica, but two, like, I think it's really important the way Erica set up that message, which was like, I'm not burying my head in the sand. I see everything that is going on and I'm upset too. I'm here for you if you need me, but if you don't like I'm, that's fine. I get it, but I am, I care about you. And also like, this is what I am doing going forward to be part of the, be part of the solution. And that meant a lot because I got a lot of text messages that were like, I'm so sorry, I'm thinking of you. And like, that's nice. But what means more is seeing some action and some intention there. Because then when Erica said that, like, I really am invested in like raising Calvin to understand race and racism and to be again and to be an anti-racist then I was able to send Erica a resource like hey this is a really great Instagram account like you should check it out I don't have kids so but I think it would be really great for you to get some of these books or whatever and she did that like that that is part of what is going to help us move forward is people you know wanting to learn and educate themselves and being very committed to this cause. So yeah. And I think, I think something that a lot of people are struggling with white people is not speaking up. They want to speak up, but they don't know how to speak up. They're afraid of what they say will come off the wrong way, or maybe they'll ask the wrong questions or, like, but I also think it's like, it depends who you're going towards, you know, like one person could say like you, Dory, you gave me so much great information, but I do wonder, like, it's not up to you to teach me, you know, like I don't, I don't, I didn't, I, when I sent that text, I was like, I don't want her to think like here, now I got to do some work and like school this girl. And I'm glad, you know, it didn't come across that way because I think it's on white people to not rely that their black coworker is going to educate you or enlighten you because you know what they've been doing that for years Mm -hmm. and where has it gotten us you know um but at the same time they should still you know they they should engage in these conversations you know because i i do think like it's better to ask and if you get the wrong answer, then you learn something, you know? Exactly. But yeah, but like you can't expect, you know, if for you to ask for like a white person to ask a black person a question and then to like stop their day and like, here, let me educate you. Like, no, there are so many tools and books and articles and movies and, 
you know, discussions and podcasts that you can go and you can find this information yourself. And then once you have that information, then you can come back to your black coworker or your black friend and engage in like an intellectual conversation. If you're not clear about things, you know, start, start the conversation, start the discussion. Well, and I also think there's a difference between you, Erica, coming to your close friend of a decade at this point, Dory, than the random, you know, people who follow me on Instagram or who I follow and like maybe met once or met once or twice messaging me, asking me like, what book do you recommend? Like, I see you posted this book list. Like, what do you recommend? Or the the white coworker who I don't talk to at work texting me to like have a conversation that is different than my close friend, Erica wanting to talk to me about these topics. So I just think you just have to be aware. Like if you have a relationship, I mean, Erica, if we can discuss depression, anxiety and all that stuff, like everything under the moon, other sensitive topics, we can talk about race. Like right. I'm not going to be offended, you know? Yeah. So it depends on the relationship you have with That's the a person. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Mel? How are you feeling? Uh, I mean, first of all, I'm upset with myself that I did not text story. That was, <laughs> I don't think she said that to make you feel I, that way. No, no, I don't want you to feel that way. I'm just, my whole thing was, and I know I'm guilty of this so much, is that I I didn't know what to post. I'm, I'm constantly afraid of saying the wrong thing. And I know I'm not. I eloquent. know. I know. <laughs> and poor Mel. I, I get wrapped up in not wanting to cause any harm and all that shit. And... I know for me, it was really like I wanted to post, but I was scared to post because my thoughts, even even years past when things would happen, I'd be like, that is messed up. I still wouldn't post because I was like, I like, what do they want to hear from me? This this white lady, it's going to sound like virtue signaling, which is a word, you know, that has come up a lot. Um, People aren't going to think I mean it. They're going to think I'm doing it performatively. And it took Dory basically saying not directly to me, but around it saying, I'm upset that people aren't posting Uh huh. <laughs> for me to be like, well, fuck, I just need to get over my worry about what people are going to think and just post, which I know now makes it sound like I'm doing it because of what Dory was thinking. But like, it's more important for me to fucking post. I keep swearing. It's more important for me to post <laughs> And, and use my voice and put it out there and say enough, like, I'm not standing for this. Then to, like, worry about saying the wrong thing, which even in me saying that, I don't know if I just said the wrong thing, but that's you didn't. Poor it's, Mel. It's, Mel is always in her head. I always see her wheels turning constantly. Well. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that's was what I was struggling with. And it's not, whatever, it's a small struggle compared to everybody else's struggle, like to your struggle, to the world's struggles. It's, it's minimal, but it's, um, and for me, I've also been thinking about, about my workspaces. Like I work mainly for Discovery and History Channel shows, not directly for the channel, but for production companies producing 
that content. And that is a white space for making TV for a white channel. Like they don't, and, and it's always been completely white staff. And like, there'll be maybe one black person on staff and it's like considered a token. Absolutely. Like, it's not even like, like we don't, it's more of just like, if you, if you're the only one there, you are a token. Like it's just like, it's fucked up. And I, I just feel bad that I haven't spoken out more about it to like, cause I, to the people who are hiring, I feel bad for all of the television I've produced for these people that like the talent was like saying racist stuff and we just cut around it. We just cut it out. We're like, Oh wow, they're racist. When we cut it out and then we still put them on TV and make them look like heroes. Like I'm a, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just looking back to things I've done and thought, and I wishing I had done more then. And I want to do more going forward besides just like sitting there and being like, that's messed up and move. I'm moving on. Like, I, I don't know if I said that right, but I don't know. No, you did. That's I think what I'm. You're saying words that I totally relate to. And the thing that I've been learning about, you know, researching all of this is like, you do have to, reflect on yourself and come to terms of times that you maybe weren't racist, but you could have done something different to speak up. And now, you know, you know, like we're, we're, we're learning that, you know, and now if this should happen again, like you probably will feel more confident to speak up because, you know, you've taken the time to really reflect on how things were and you know that they could be better. So you should, you should, you should give yourself, some credit there mel no i deserve no credit but thank you but i'm just i don't i don't know i don't i also don't want to make it about me and like my bullshit you know like it's but i think but i think this is important and the reason why i asked both of you how you're feeling is because like we have a lot of white listeners this is a hallmark movie podcast like most uh, most of our listeners are white and are feel I can't speak to that experience because that hasn't been my experience so it's important for you guys to give a voice to it and Mel you have spoken out like you've been posting great things on social media that I haven't seen or found and like we are you and I are constantly in conversation like you're not shying away from these topics so now but I don't think I was doing enough then I guess well I mean what can you do to change that right like I I right like I feel like I wasn't doing enough before you know like it's I feel like I need to be doing more. And so I have been doing more. It's not just white people who feel that way, you know? Um, And we will all do better. Like I was even upset that it took us so long to speak out on our, all the feels account about all of this. I kind of let George Floyd's death and everything happening kind of sit with me for a week. And then I was like, you know, we got to post, but in my head, in my heart, like, I wish we had done, I wish I had been like, let's post sooner, you know, like the, we all being self-reflexive or is it self-reflective or reflexive? I think reflective, but also being I'm self, 
being self-reflective is hard work in any circumstance and it's really hard now and you can't change how you've been but you do have to look at your past behavior Mm -hmm. all of us and adjust accordingly and I think that's what we're all doing and what we're all trying to do to make it through this yeah yeah and like when it comes to also I started doubting myself too because I don't do social media very well (laughs) as we know um but like Facebook like I hardly go on it like yeah me too I hardly go on it and so I haven't posted anything on Facebook and now that I'm thinking about it and having this conversation like should I is this my jumping point to start like actively posting on Facebook Facebook just because I more use Instagram these days um but I don't you know I also at the same time I don't want to just post something because that'll that's the 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 look that you know I should have right now like you know what I mean so I'm not you know logging into Facebook like I also don't even have it on my phone because it's just a time suck yeah (laughs) um but you know I'm using Instagram and I'm seeing like so many great articles and just trying, like, you're doing the same thing, Mel. You know, we're, we're both trying to be better. But I think, like, Dory's right. You have to look at your past and mm-hmm. really, like, own up to some stuff. And you did just that, you know, and I'm trying to do it, too. Like, I know there are times where I could have spoken up. And I'm mad that I didn't do it. But hopefully moving forward, we now do it, you know? Yeah. Well, and I'll also say that... It is more important, obviously, to do the actual work of becoming anti-racist than posting about it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Like, I would much rather, like, us have a conversation and you're like, this is what I've been doing. Like, what do you, I have some questions. Are you opening to answer, answering them? Like, I, that is more meaningful than a post on Instagram or Mm -hmm. Twitter, first of all. My issue with social media came when it's like I have heard people or seen people post about everything under the sun, about the dumbest stuff you've ever heard of in your life. There are people on Instagram like who will tell you every meal they ate, every workout (laughs) they did, you know, every outfit they wore, but were silent on this. And that was my that was the frustrating part to me. Like I wasn't scrolling through people's Instagrams like. Mm, she hasn't tweeted in three years why isn't she tweeting about (laughs) black lives matter i'm about to pop off it was more like (laughs) it was more like all these people i follow and who are so vocal about everything else yeah yeah Uh, even about politics and stuff and then all of a sudden you're you're quiet now like this is when you're quiet i got questions Mm -hmm. so we are all just doing the best we can here (laughs) And that's all we can do. Have you guys gone to any protests or anything? I mean, first of all, let's be honest. There's a friggin' pandemic going on. I know. It's scary. Yeah, I so, have not. I have not. I have not. I, I am still scared of Miss Corona. And I am keeping to myself. I think I'm also like, ex- I am giving a lot of energy. Like I have been posting a ton to Instagram I have been talking to friends who have questions and want help and I've been doing that I have been I went on the Hallmarkies podcast to talk a lot about what's going on like I have been 
extending myself a lot. And so I can't do everything. That's the one thing I've come to the realization that like, I can't go to every protest and I can't be a part of every demonstration as much as I'd want to, because I'm really exhausted. Mm -hmm. And let's not forget that on top of all of this, on top of like, a revolution about racial injustice, a modern day civil rights movement and a pandemic, we all still have to work. Like we all have jobs. So like our heads are spinning because you're working all day, but you're thinking about all this stuff all day. Also, it's very tough. And so I've been trying to like conserve as much energy in the ways that I can. Here's a question I have actually, if this was happening and we all still were working in offices, because right now the three of us are all working from home, but let's say the whole world was, you know, going into the office Monday through Friday. How do you think it, it would be different with people talking at the office? Do you think people, well, like, what do you think, what do you think it would be like? Well, we had a company meeting on Zoom just last couple days ago, and it was a hot topic of conversation. It was, they were not shying away from talking about it. It was basically the entire focus of the meeting was, hey, we are a white company and we can't be that. And that's, it's a shame that we've been this and we need to make a change. And it was an awkward conversation. It was, but it, it I feel like that's what would be happening at the mm-hmm. office as well. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering like if it would be not better or worse, but if, more discussions would be happening, you know, more positive and educational and, you know, informative conversations. Because at the end of the day, there's something about having a face-to-face discussion that's just a little bit, you know, easier. (laughs) But I don't know. I mean, I almost think that these circumstances all had to come together at the perfect time to make this as impactful as it is. Cause I'm not quite sure the video of George Floyd's murder would have hit as strongly if we all hadn't been at home attached to our screens Mm -hmm. with more time to pay attention because this pandemic is like, it's we've all been kind of like hyper-focused on the media and Mm -hmm. what's happening like on our screens that doesn't happen normally you know like people don't have their normal outlets to like go to the movies go out to dinner go like all those things that kind of make you feel good and make you feel human like we don't have a lot of that right now so this is an issue I think that part of this is timing where we are all hyper focused on this because we have that extra, those extra hours in the day to kind of put mm-hmm. forth these new seeds that we're trying to see bloom. I don't know that that would have happened at any other time. It's too easy to be distracted in this yeah. world. That's a good point. I feel grateful that I've been home for all of it so I can sit with it more than I yeah. could. We were outside um, playing with Calvin outside and we heard like chants. So we popped them in a stroller <laughs> and we walked to the end of the block and we saw them, we saw the protest going down the street. And it was great. Like we didn't join it just because A, like a baby with yeah. this pandemic going on, the kid can't wear a mask. We're not going there. Yeah. But we just picked him up and we had him watch everyone walk down the street. 
And granted, I know he'll never remember this, but it was good for him to see, you know, like just something that I could say that like you were there, like you saw it. And then that could also be a discussion point to bring right. in when we want to talk about race, you know, racism. Um, but he did, there was a lot of honking and that's kind of, yeah. once that started setting him off, he got a little overwhelmed with the honking and the tears started coming. So then Aww. we, uh, we left, but I mean, I would have totally joined in, you know, um, I love but it that. was actually, it was a peaceful protest. Like it seemed, it seemed like it was, you know, the cops were actually helping them clear the way. So, um, yeah, it looked, it looked like a, a good, a good movement. That's so great. I have a friend who has a five-year-old and a like four-month-old kid. Mm -hmm. And one thing that she's been doing that I think is awesome is she's been trying to save like newspaper clippings and like pictures and stuff for a scrapbook to see so that she'll be able to like remind because her daughter the five-year-old is gonna remember parts of this and is gonna like remember this moment in time and I love that she's doing that like the the great New York um what was it New Yorker cover of George Floyd um Mm -hmm. they got that in the in the mail and so they're gonna she's gonna make that as part of the scrapbook just to like I mean, this is history that we're all witnessing and that we're all a part of. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We've been talking for 40 minutes. (laughs) Um, Should we get into the hallmark of it all? Yeah. Let's bring it in. I think we should. Because do we have the response? Do we want to read the response? Do we want to give airtime to the response? I don't know. No, we don't need to read it because you all know what it said. Even if you didn't read it, you know what it said because Hallmark has said this before. No, it did not say black lives matter. It didn't say black lives matter. No. It just said we are diverse and will continue to be diverse. Probably. It basically said we are committed to diversity and we stand with our black employees and black customers, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Two words. Show me. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Like, no. we've heard this before from them. And this is a time for action. It's not a time for another statement. And it is beyond me that after the Zola ad upheaval mm-hmm. with the gay couple kissing in a commercial... And how Hallmark messed that up so badly, bungled that so badly by pulling the ad, getting people angry, that they, in that moment, did not hire diversity consultants Mm -hmm. to come in there and give them a strategy moving forward, not just with, um, you know, the LGBTQ community, but with the black community, with Latinos, with other minorities, like they need a plan that's not coming from in-house. They need someone to come in there and be like, this is what you guys need to do. They're not equipped. And why the fact that they did not put something together like that after the Zola ad craziness is beyond me. It's stupid. It's a bad business decision. Like they've got a lot of questions that need to be answered Mm -hmm. as far as diversity is concerned. And they only give lackluster responses. Well, it's true. And they could have really built, they could have said, Hey, we realize that this has been a problem for us. 
yeah um, we've we realized it earlier this year even you know like yep we these are the steps we have been taking and we will cont- like they could have built yep. on it instead of just being like yeah we're di- we're committed to diversity Shrug. i don't know if it's like i don't know if it's like they have done this so many times that now they they don't want to look stupid so they keep pushing this forward message but it's like you know how much credit i would give them if they just owned it and they were like we have not done what we could have done in the past yeah moving forward here's what we're gonna do a b c d you know like just own it own it and and see how many people would praise you it's never too late there's never it's never too late to just change course and you know get with the times man like yeah and really it's like what it takes and this is kind of what spurred my like you know what i need to speak up more about the stuff i'm working on too because what it takes is people that are in the inside showing up with receipts you know what i mean like they're like hey we're diverse and then a casting director uh tweets well you say you're diverse but how come when i was casting for you you said no interracial couples and that you called said you said something was what what was it something was too hood that yeah they wanted black people who were less hood yeah. less hood yeah. so quote, for, like a quote less hood yeah so it's like it takes people like that saying this is what you're actually doing right to make to put to put it in like to make them like cuz they can say they're not doing it all they want and people can be like wrong and they say they're not but it's like they can't deny that and the fact is they can't even like give us product that they can't be like, Oh, well here are the movies that have interracial couples. You know, it's like, they can't even deny it, you know? So that's, and like how Hillary Burton earlier this year for the Zola thing, where she was like, Hey, I was supposed to do one of their movies. And when I said I wanted to be more inclusive, I, they basically fired me or I don't know, or she, they said no. And she left. It's like, that's what it's going to take. Yep. That's what it's going to take because I don't think change is going on inside. I don't think it's happening. I don't believe it's happening. They're not giving us any indication that it's happening on the inside the way it needs to be. And they're so stupid that it's like, this is 2020. The 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 move, the world, everything is either recorded or can be screenshot or can be saved in emails. Like this stuff is going to come back and bite you in the ass. Yes, someone can speak up and say, when I, you know, like you could tell a story like that casting director did, but also eventually someone's going to have that on recording and mm-hmm. it's going to be clear as day that they're saying one thing and doing the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's clear as day based on the movies they put out. Let's be honest. Yeah. But like, come on, man, you're going to be exposed s- sooner rather than later. Right. And the, just the audacity to put out a statement saying you value diversity with the with the slate of movies you put out is laughable. Yeah. It is laughable. And so they were rightly dragged on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like all of our listeners and all of our followers on Twitter were like went at Hallmark. It was a sight to see. People were angry because at this point it's like you're lying to us. Mm-hmm. Like I have two eyes that <laughs> I can see yeah. with. I'm not and dumb. you are lying yeah. it's, to it's, us. It's gaslighting. They're gaslighting yes. us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and I think to Mel's point about speaking up from the inside, I think that that's absolutely right. And I think it will also take their talent speaking up. Mm-hmm. And 
I think we should talk for a minute about our favorite Hallmark stars and their response Mm -hmm. to everything that's been going on, starting with the most surprising Mm -hmm. advocate and ally out here that shocked us all. Miss mm-hmm. CCB. Hey yo. Yeah, Candace Cameron. She wasn't there for the for Zola. She didn't speak up for the for Did not speak up for Zola. Gay fans, but she was here though. But we and she came early. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and she, forcefully. Forcefully. She's like, this is it. This is what I believe. And then when people started saying what we, you know, are expecting people to say, not supporting her, basically, she was like you know what, guys? Of course. Okay, here's the thing: the Hallmark, cons- the Hallmark audience are there's a lot of all all lives matter people in the Hallmark audience. It's mm-hmm. like every time one of these Hallmark stars posts, ninety percent of the comments are people going "All lives matter, all lives matter," and she she shut it down. She was like, "Yeah, we understand that all lives matter, but that's not." this is not the situation we're talking about right now she's like she at least acknowledged that too which i appreciate um yes so she came out strong and forcefully and and she said the words black lives matter Mm -hmm. she was unequivocal about it and that was so surprising to me because she has a very conservative following and I will commend her for that. It takes guts to know that you are going to get that blowback from people and to do it anyway. And then to double down on doing it and being like, I see you in my comments saying all lives matter and I don't care. I'm still sitting here saying black lives matter. That was incredible. And I hope she took it the step further and went to Hallmark and said, listen, we have all been part of this problem. I make you guys so much money. You have made me so much money and we have both been lacking. What can we do to change this? I Mm -hmm. demand this in my next movie. I want this person in my next movie. I want to develop these projects with black actors that I like and am familiar with. Mm -hmm. And I really hope that she took it that step further. Me too. Hopefully she did. And I honestly, yeah. from that statement, I wouldn't be surprised if she same, did. same. She seemed very resolved mm-hmm. in her viewpoint with this and you know, she I... was not backing down and it was shocking in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? If, if these actors are afraid that, you know, they sever ties with Hallmark, that their careers are going to be over. Like, do you even want to, you know, work like, with them? Yeah. You know, right. like. You know, like someone else will pick you up or you could just live off those full house, you know, I know. I'm, s- reruns. That, You're doing just fine. Girl. I got I to gotta look <laughs> up to what uh, Miss what Miss Jody Sweeten said to that effect. So Jody Sweeten, a new addition to the Hallmark Channel, which was already Ooh. surprising to begin with because she's got a troubled past, you know, but we right. love it. Yes, true. She has been take her she's fighting. her social media has been straight fire she every day she is posting yeah. every day and she i think she commented on ccb when ccb posted black lives matter i think they commented to each other or she commented to her that like you know 
she liked the post or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it, I think that I'm wondering what Jody's impact was and all of that. Yeah, you, know? you think so? You think Jody yeah. was like got her I, fired well, up? Well, I think well, not just Jody. I I genuinely think CCB has black friends and black colleagues that she likes and admires, and I think that she was listening, and I think that it shows. Yeah. Candace Cameron Bure. I feel like we never actually say her full name anymore. I know. <laughs> Everyone who's listening to CCB. this knows who CCB is. So Jody Sweeten, and this was like, you know, many posts in about Black Lives Matter. She wrote, if you lose fans, customers, clients, friends by showing support for Black Lives Matter, you have shitty fans, customers, clients, friends. And, um, and she is like fighting with people in her comments. Mm-hmm. Like people who are saying some really ignorant stuff to her and she is not backing down. And, and then of course, and then CCB comments like, love you girl, you know, (laughs) (laughs) which I love that they're friends because they're very different. They're so different. And I love that they're friends. Yep. In in real life. Um, I mean, that's been amazing to see. Like, I'm here for this. Like use your platform, Mm -hmm. speak out. Like, you know that this is wrong. Like we can all see the injustice at this point. It's on video. You can't lie to yourself or your followers anymore. You know, like if you want Hallmark to be, if you think Hallmark is your safe space where you can go and find comfort, like, can't that be, can it be the safe place for all of us who want that? Yeah. Like, come on. And some other Hallmark stars have been very vocal who were not surprised about it all. Hillary Burton has mm-hmm. been on everybody's ass, like sending tons of resources, calling people out. She's been doing great. She's my of girl. Course. One tr- hashtag one tree hill. Hashtag one tree hill. Um, Bethany joy lens has been tweeting up a storm herself and her perspective has been really fascinating because she is, um, a Christian and she is very, um, she she's pretty outspoken about her religion. And so she's been making it about a lot about like, if you are a follower of God, you need to be in this fight too. And she tweeted something. She was like, I'll, um, I'd love to be in the first, um, interracial romance on Hallmark. Like who else (laughs) who's with me? And so that was cute to see. Like she has been killing it. That's great. I mean, Ashley Williams too. Your, your best friend. My BFF, Ashley Williams, Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. all day, every day. And she always speaks out. Mm -hmm. She has been awesome. It's just been heartening to see the support from the stars. Um, Aaron Krakow has been posting quite a bit. And that means a lot because she is the face of their most conservative property when calls the heart. And she's tweeting up a storm like that means a lot. Um, and then we have some lacking responses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, Mel is the one who alerted me to all of this foolishness. And she was like, do you see what's happening on so-and-so's Instagram which, account? Which, which I do feel, whatever. I, I understand. Mel, I'm, you know, I, you know, I'm here for it. I know, I'm like, no girl. I'm like, out, Mel. exactly. I'm like, girl, time. send it my way. But I talk about how I'm nervous to say anything because I don't want to offend someone and then I'm going to roast someone for saying something. But I mean, if I can see that it's offensive, it is offensive. I know. These were egregious. (laughs) Let's get into it. our girl Danica, I don't, I 
I already regret that I said our girl. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I love Danica. I loved Danica. Loved. I don't know what to say. I, it's a, a reckoning. It's a reckoning. Cause I mean, you know, I left her. I left her on the campsite with her cappuccino oh, maker. Yeah. You y'all already know I've been she done with her for a minute. She did too much math for me. I was over the math. No, I, I, love, the, I love that she's like a, you know, a, a math person and that she's like teaching girls math and don't be afraid to do math. But her response, but, but you know what? There was the Zola ad thing too. Her response there was awful. It was like a selfie of her face. And she was like, Hey everyone, things are crazy, but love everyone you know like and it was just like a selfie and it was like awful and now where things have for the for first of all she is not she will not say black lives matter no uh, as far as i can tell she will not say it and what she does instead is the, i guess the first one i sent you dory was i think the one about mr rogers who girl or was it like a selfie of it her? was mr rogers it was mr rogers mm-hmm so she posted, hey, back in whatever year, you know, Mr. Rogers shared, like, soaked his feet in a pool with his black mailman, you know, like, which is, like, great, but that's not the issue. Like, <laughs> you know, like, we're not talking about segregation right now. You know, we're not talking about, I mean, we are in a way, but, like, we're not, like, it's not the issue. And the thing that I think that, she's hung up on this and who knows but besides the fact that she doesn't want to go against the all lives matter people who are you know misinformed but she she doesn't want to post anything that she thinks is negative she's one of those people that's like oh Mm -hmm. let's just show the positive stuff and like you know let's show people holding hands and you know policemen kneeling and like i don't even think she's showing that but i'm just saying that to her saying Black Lives Matter is a negative thing, so she won't do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That's why she's all sunshine and roses and hugs and look at Mr. Rogers sharing a pool. It was it's just like to I don't know. It I can't pinpoint why it's not right, but it it's not the right sentiment. Well, the one post she had where she just posted about um the all lives matter, like all a lot of races face racism and it's like okay listen lady <laughs> what she said that, like she, she posted yeah. something that was like you know all yes all lives matter but there are other you know groups or minorities that face racism as well you know and like the, the overall message was we have to work against all, all of it, so right? it was all lives matter is basically yeah what she was saying. but it's like listen lady we're not talking about that right now <laughs> like just I just like the whole all, all lives matter like thing. It's just I keep hearing the same analogy about, you know, running through. Have you heard this running through a cancer run? Yeah. I do you say. know, I, yeah. Like if you're you're at a breast cancer run and then running through but saying all cancers matter. <laughs> yes, that's true. But right now we're focusing on bra- uh, breast cancer. It's the same thing. Like no one would ever do that. Well, yet why are so many people doing this whole all lives matter because, thing? Because they... I, you know what? I don't really know. I feel like I, I feel like the best case scenario, which I know it's not this, is that they think they're being like, yeah, everybody matters, and like they haven't Googled to see exactly what they're saying. You know what? They like, haven't. Yeah. Th- they haven't thought five more seconds about it. But I don't think that's it. I think that they're saying, "Fuck you, black people don't get to be special." You yeah, know? like that's what they're saying, and they're, and I think, 
they like they're offended by it being it, implying that somebody else is special, more special than them. I, maybe I don't know, but really, what it's it's just offensive. It's basically you're saying like there's no problem. You're, I mean, you. I feel like our audience is already aware of this. I feel like we're in a bubble. We're preaching to the choir, but like. It's offensive when you say all lives matter. You are being offensive because you are saying your experience doesn't matter. Right. Like black yeah. people, the things that black people face aren't actually real and happening and it doesn't matter. You know, like that's what you're saying when you say all lives matter. And you're basically saying I'm a racist and I don't get it. That's basically how it's coming across. Is what I feel. I don't know. I think that's the that's the key point. Like that's how it's coming across. Yeah. If that's not what you mean, it does not matter. Yeah. Because that's how it's coming across. When I look at your page, what I see is, oh, she does not care about me or my existence at all. And she and that's what I see, whether that's her intention or not. Mm-hmm. And what I was saying before we got on this podcast is I have very little. I understand that if you have a large social media following, that's a lot of pressure to like put out the right message and to say the right thing. But I feel very little sympathy for these people with agents, managers and publicists who are still posting foolishness because you have an entire support team around you to help you through this moment. If you don't know what to say, but you want to say something, you need to call your publicist. And if they don't know how to word something, they're going to call their black friend and get them or their black coworker and get them to help them craft something. It is too important for you to say something meaningful. It is too important that you do that in this moment. It is too important for you to then just put some vague like, yeah, everybody matters. Let's all get through this together. Rah, rah. Like we're only going to make change if we do it together. Like that is seriously lacking. What people are wanting from you right now, what your black fans are wanting from you right now is to say you matter. I see what's going on in this world and I see how devalued you feel and I see the violence you face and the oppression you face and I see you and you matter. And she can't do that. She has not done that. She has not conveyed that at all. No. She's taking selfies and saying, hey, guys, it's been stressful. I do yoga when I'm stressed. (laughs) You know, like, and the thing that that does is it makes all of your all live matter, all the fans that don't want to deal with their white privilege and what, or really want to deal with what's the truth of the matter it gives them a chance to say, yay, positive thing. Yay, we're yep. fine, off the hook. We're all, all lives matter. Rah, rah, let's do some yoga. And I don't know. I, I, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Well, and my biggest issue with the Danica post with Mr. Rogers and the police officer sharing the um, pool is the same issue I had with Melissa Joan Hart posted an Instagram of Shirley um, Temple dancing with Bill Bojangles Robinson in an old movie from like the 30s where I guess Shirley Temple grabbed his hand 
while they danced and that was unheard of before like that was and it was a white person and a black person sharing that moment on screen and it was revolutionary in Melissa Joan Hart's mind and she hearkened back to this in her posts which again can we talk about something that's happening right now not a movie in the 30s that and if that was if that's what impacted you like if that is the moment in your memory that to you said like <laughs> you know unity and inclusion like I don't know what to tell you like that was in the 30s that was not doing a whole lot like but even if that is your moment that you go back to to think of like black people and white people living together in harmony even if that is the moment you feel comfortable pointing to why aren't you doing that on your own social media why aren't you extending your hand as a white woman mm -hmm. to a black person to come on your page and to talk yeah. about black lives matter why are you not grabbing the hand of your black friends and talking to them about their experiences and saying, can we record this for my fans? Like, I really want them to know this information. Why are you not sharing your platform with authors, with scholars, with other people in the industry? Like you, Danica and Melissa Joan Hart, you are both saying that these moments had profound impacts on you of white people extending their hands literally to black people. Why aren't you doing the same? Mm -hmm. Don't post that and then not do it. If it and that makes me think was that post was that moment impactful to you because I haven't seen you act on it. Like you are literally talking about a moment where a little girl extends her hand to a black man in a time when that did not happen and you are saying it changed you why aren't you doing that right now this is your that's moment a, mm -hmm. that's a really that's a really good point that's dory good point. and you know yeah because if she if she would do that if either of them would do that how far that social media gets to people like do you know how many people that that could she could like there could be a, a little girl looking at her page going oh my gosh i'm gonna remember this that's gonna impact me you know exactly whereas in the 30s like who was seeing that movie you know like not everybody <laughs> or like you know she could reach her hand to some black writers black producers black directors yes. and say i want them to exactly. work on my next film i'm you know and maybe she is we don't know but that post did not convey that <laughs> no can we talk about uh rakita bernard's yes uh, let's talk about Dear rakita bernard um she did a nice little op-ed well not little it was long mm -hmm. um she did a great op-ed piece for a canadian publication i believe about her role as the black best friend mm -hmm. in all of these hallmark movies and it was powerful it was really really it well was written. really good oh yeah I mean, she's, I mean, she's not calling out a specific actress specifically, but she is referring to someone or I don't know, it could be a conglomerate, you know, a bunch put together where she's basically like, yeah, you reached out to me and said, hey, I'm thinking about you and all this stuff. But then but then on their social media, they're posting about lattes and they're not doing the work like they're not. It's like privately they're saying they support, but publicly they're not. She talked a lot about how 
it has been her job in a lot of these movies to watch her white best friend have a, a happy ending mm-hmm. while she and a happy ending in all ways like she gets the job she gets the guy she gets the dog she gets the house meanwhile the black best friend stands there silently supporting clapping being happy for her and not having her moment and I can imagine how that would do something to your psyche as an actress, but also as a person, right? Mm -hmm. Because how many black best friends are out there doing the same thing, like feeling like they are second fiddle, you know, and not having their due and not getting what their, what their worth is. And I thought that was a really powerful sentiment. And she started it being like, Hey, you guys know me. You see me in these movies. You like me. You see me out there supporting your favorite, Hallmark stars. She didn't say Hallmark. She didn't mention Hallmark at all, but like that was the impression I got. Mm -hmm. That's what I read into what she was saying. And she was saying, you see me here silently supporting, you know, being the, the comfort to this white best friend of mine. When is it my turn? When do I get my movie? When do I get my story? Um, and I thought that was really powerful to think mm-hmm. about because how many times have we seen her in the best friend role where mm-hmm. she's literally just, you know, hustling behind her, um, white counterpart, like trying to make sure that she's okay and trying to make sure that she's supported and that she gets what she wants out of life. And usually I like her the most out of those I movies. Know. Exactly. Let's be honest. <laughs> but the part that impacted me most was when she ran down the list of roles she has auditioned for. Mm -hmm. And it was like crack addict, prostitute, like sassy best friend, um, sassy black girl, criminal, you know? And it was just all these like stereotypical portrayals of black people that she has gone in and auditioned for. And there was something about seeing it in black and white that just ripped my heart out because she said, how many of your white friends are asked to um, audition for the role of crack addict? How many? Mm -hmm. They're not getting those asks. And, you know, I think that her piece was really powerful and really, I could feel her, frustration in that piece Mm -hmm. I could feel her dismay I could feel but I could also feel her strength and I so admire her for saying that because it could potentially affect her career and she didn't care and she said it anyway and that is brave and that is strong Mm -hmm. and I need everyone to remember that when they're scared of speaking out like we all have something to lose and something is always at stake but like we all have to be a little more brave like Rukia right now because that to me was a really impactful piece that she, that she gave. And I'm not sure that her agents, managers, publicists, whatever were entirely supportive. They might've been, but she might've gotten feedback that was like, this could really affect negatively impact your career. Are you sure you want to do this? And she did it anyway. And I just think it was really brave and we all need to take a page out of her book in this moment. Yeah. It's true. I, I just feel like 
right now, Hallmark has an opportunity in front of in front of themselves. What they're going to be faced with is producing movies, as we know how many they make a year for Christmas time in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. That alone is going to be a feat in itself because yep. it's not easy to have these movie sets. Uh, you know, who knows what people, what rules people are going to regulate, but it's not, it's not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. So if they can bust that out and if they can finally make this change and include diversity in their movies, like how, how much of an impact could that be by the end of this year? You know, right. like this is an opportunity you have. It's mm -hmm. up to you, Hallmark, to run with it. But if mm -hmm. you choose not to, it's, it's starting to become there's no hope for them. I'm sorry, yeah. but that's the way it's going to go. Well, <laughs> and really the pandemic gave them an opportunity. I mean, it's, it's terrible to say, but like they would already be well into production on many, like the, most yeah. of the slate, but they have a chance to cor course correct, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, they do. And who knows if they'll take it. I hope they take it. Um, I, I do want to just say that they, I mean, this whole time Hallmark has been so afraid of like pushing their conservative fans away, their fan base. And it's like, we've got to reach a point. Like I know I, the, so a way that I was raised and I feel all of us have been indoctrinated with this is like all opinions matter. Everyone, everyone's opinion should be respected. And really I've reached a point, I've reached a point where I'm like, you know what, if your opinion is hurtful and is ignorant and is just like putting down other people, I don't have to respect it. You know what? It's like, you can have it. It's your right to have it, but I don't have to respect it. And like Hallmark doesn't need to respect their opinion. Like they don't, if you're against interracial marriage, Hallmark <laughs> shouldn't be respecting that. You know, like they right. don't, you know, like they don't. Right. They Who are they protecting? Right. It's like they, in this, I mean, in any day and age, but especially in this day and age, if, if, if you're offended by a movie about the black experience, on the Hallmark channel, <laughs> we shouldn't be respecting that. You know what I mean? Like that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to, that's not an eloquent way to put it, but like, I, we understand that they're trying not to offend their base, but maybe if they were willing to do what's right, they would change that basis. Like they would start shifting. Cause we all right. know how important, like how media impacts, like people can deny yes. it, but like, Television is very impactful. Everybody has it in their home. People watch it a lot. And even if it's just in little ways, it moves that needle. It moves the needle. Like yep. we just, we know it does. And we saw the whole thing with live PD and cops getting canceled. It's like, we need to be more aware of where we're moving that needle. And Hallmark needs to stop giving credit or giving due to that opinion. The, right. the opinion of the oppressor. Does that make sense? I don't know. It does make it sense. sense. I think this is a time to do what's right and not necessarily do what will keep you trucking along in the status quo. This isn't yeah. the time for that. This is a time for action. This isn't a time to sit idly by. And, you know, and I also think, I think everything you said is right, Mel, but I also think, like, 
even if you are be let's be cynical here and even if you are only thinking about Hallmark's bottom line you need to bring new people into the Hallmark fold you need to expand your audience purely from a financial standpoint and you need to do that by expanding your storytelling which has been lacking as of late so why don't you add some diverse voices from a purely like business standpoint pay the extra money and get someone really good to write you some really awesome scripts with diverse casts that get really popular and make you a little extra money get some good press like you can look at this as a business decision as well not just you know this is what we've been doing and it's been working for us so far it's like up the ante a little up your game Mm -hmm. a little bit put some you know put a little bit of money behind this effort to in the end make yourself some more money too yeah Mm -hmm. and it's like this shouldn't be considered you know making diverse movie movies should not be considered a risk yeah but for them it's like take the risk Mm -hmm. you know like take the risk change it up because you never know what could come out of of this you know like i remember at one point remember when reality tv wasn't even a thing and when it started people were like oh that's never gonna work Mm -hmm. it's never gonna work hello yeah like that's what television is these days you know so they need to just they need to clean house honestly is what i think they need to do and just like get some new people in there yeah because it ain't it's just not working any and you know what anyone that's listening to this podcast is probably thinking like why do these girls even watch i know i know (laughs) i still i still have been tuning in every once in a while too i've been like oh i'll work and i'm like god dang it like well, I think that's the frustrating, the most frustrating yeah. part of this conversation, yeah. right? Is that you guys yeah. know, mm-hmm. if if you guys have been listening to us, you know that, yes, we rant about the diversity on Hallmark a lot. But we also love these movies. And when, mm-hmm. and when we find the ones that we love, we love them hard. Like, we are fans and we want them to be better because we, we see the good that they can do. And, mm-hmm. they're, yeah. and they are willfully choosing to turn their heads in shame and it is embarrassing at Mm. this point yeah and there's so much more that they could be doing but they're choosing not to and they could be winning like that's my thing hallmark could be winning they could have these fun diverse scripts they could get new audiences like they could be winning and they are choosing to remain in the sad middle instead of winning and it's embarrassing and you know what if they would finally you know put an an a black ensemble in a movie and it sucked we would still say it sucked you Mm. know like yeah but at least we could see new faces you know and like they at least they did it you know like at the end of the day we would be looking at writing we'd be looking at you know chemistry we'd be looking at the same things we're looking at Mm -hmm. you know and like change it up like it's so it it just seems so easy you know and that's what baffles me the most it's like why are we even giving this any thought to right like (laughs) why why can't they just do it like why is it so hard i can't wrap my brain around it right like why is this why are we beating down hallmark corporate's doors to do this they should just do it like what are you waiting for i know yeah did you guys see and i've 
Go okay. on, Mel. No, no, no you go you, ahead because mine's no, going to change. Go. No, mine's going to change the subject, so don't. No, mine don't was going to change the subject. I was going to start talking about sweet magnolias. Oh, okay. So you go. Well, now I was going to say, did you see? And I have to fact check, fact check this again, but I, so I may cut it out if I'm wrong. That the guy, <laughs> the the male lead from Fashionably Yours, got arrested at a Black Lives he Matter did. protest. And we he hope. did. Kendrick Sampson. Well, he's very vocal. He's also on Insecure. Do either mm-hmm. of you watch Insecure? I watched he's, the first season. It's great. He is um, a love interest of Issa Rae's on Insecure. But he's also very vocal, Mel, as you recall. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. during the Spring Fling podcast, you talked about how his social media is very yeah. um, political and very social justice related. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he was arrested. He was either arrested or like hurt at one of the protests with rubber bullets. I can't remember which, but he was he's been out there, yeah. which is awesome. That is I awesome. hope they ke- I hope they keep him in the fold. And I keep thinking I've been thinking a lot about Holly Robinson Pete these past couple weeks and Me the too. burden she must be bearing as like their one black lead that they mm-hmm. like hold up there like look we're diverse like mm-hmm. <laughs> the burden she must be carrying cuz I'm assu- I you know I don't know but I'm assuming that she's been getting hit up a lot by Hallmark to like speak up or I don't I don't know. I don't know what's going on but I just my main concern with that is like Hallmark, where are you in supporting her? Because she gets a lot of negative attention from the Hallmark base. Like a lot of people are calling her all types of names for tweeting about black lives matter. They, I mean, I saw people on Twitter calling her racist, um, calling, yeah, calling her like an agitator, like a left wing, crazy woman like hallmark where are you supporting your the one black person you do have Mm. in the fold where are you with supporting her i certainly hope that they are calling her behind the scenes and making sure she's okay and asking her um what they can do to make her more comfortable during this time I certainly, because they certainly haven't put out any statements in support of her. I, I haven't seen them. They don't have her back. No, at the end of this, like, I mean, I've known this, but like now that we're discussing it, it's like they don't care. Like, they don't care. Or they pretend to care, I think is what it is. They pretend to care when they have to. It's, yeah. It's just such a front. I know. Anyway. Uh, I'm and sorry. I, <laughs> uh, I mean, it is such a front. And it is really frustrating, but I want us to bring up Sweet Magnolias because Mm -hmm. this ties into my Hallmark rant that I just went on about Hallmark (laughs) choosing not to win. Because let's talk about winning for a minute. Yeah. So Sweet, (laughs) just for a second, Sweet Magnolias is a series on Netflix that's based on a book that came out, I don't know, a few months ago, probably. Yep. It came out a couple months ago. So Sweet Magnolias came out a couple months ago, and it is a Hallmark show on Netflix. Mm -hmm. But Hallmark had nothing to do with it. Hallmark had, yeah, they had nothing to do with it, but it is everything a Hallmark show should be, but it's on Netflix. It's like Virgin River, but better. (laughs) And here's my point about Hallmark choosing 
to not win. So Sweet Magnolias is the story of three childhood best friends who are going into business together and kind of their lives in this small town, this small southern town. They're in their probably 40s. They don't really specify in the show, but I think they're meant to be in their 40s. And it is about their family lives, their careers, their love lives, all of it. This is a show that should have been on the Hallmark Channel. And it is instead on Netflix. And this is a show that is essentially at its core about these sweet love stories that, that is why we go to Hallmark, right? And they are these sweet love stories in episode form. And people are loving this show. It was like number one on Netflix for weeks. It is so popular. People have been binging it multiple times. Like this show made bank. It was really popular. And Hallmark should be doing shows like this, but they're not. They could be winning, but they're choosing not to. This show had so much diversity. It was a beautiful thing to see. First of all, the three leads, we've got two white women and a black woman. One of the white women is plus sized. Let's start there. So we got some body diversity and some racial diversity. These three women each have multiple suitors in this show. They all have men who are multiple men who are interested in them. So we are showing not just a black woman, not just a black friend, but you are showing that this black woman is desirable and worthy of love. And there are people trying to get her love. That's mm-hmm. big. We also have this plus size woman in the same situation who has two suitors, two hot guys who like her and who are, you know, vying for her. That's huge. Then we see the town is diverse. There are black people, Asian people, white people, everybody. And it is done effortlessly. It does not feel forced. These people all seem like friends. It is effortless. Then on top of that, we have diverse storylines. They touch on everything. Divorce. Um teenagers drinking and partying and the issues with that they've got women trying to go into business women starting over when they're in their 40s a woman who's in her 40s who wants kids but doesn't have a partner and how does that look for her we've got cheating we've got you know a younger mistress storyline we have all of this storytelling that is still done in a hallmark way. Like none of it mm-hmm. seems Sque- squeaky crazy. Still. Yeah, yeah. Still squeaky clean. And it is truly great storytelling. Mm-hmm. And the entire time I was watching it, I've watched the show twice now. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. The entire time I was watching it, I was like, this should have been on hallmark. This could have been a Hallmark show. They could have blown it up and they could have put a show like this on and had so many new viewers, so many new audience members, so many new eyes, and they chose not to. They choose to to stay in the same safe zone that 
now is no longer safe, to be completely honest, instead of trying to knock it out of the park when they could have. Mm. And the one more thing about this show that I found fascinating was they lean into the faith element in a way that Hallmark, whose base is super Christian, does not do. These women were in church multiple times. They were talking to their pastor every other day. There are multiple times where they pray. Like, and they, this show managed to have that aspect and all of the other stuff that I just said. And they managed to do it well. Hallmark, where are you at? This could have been you. Let me ask you a question. When you say Hallmark, this could have been you. Do you know if that show was pitched to Hallmark and it was denied? Because what I would love to know is whoever pitched this show, they probably did not even go to Hallmark because yep. they perhaps knew that the vision that they had for the show, you know, these multiple storylines and diversity, it probably would not have happened. I That's a great question. I really wonder if Hallmark was ever in their sights. And yeah. that is really depressing that you're right. They pro- this yeah. even though this is like perfect hallmark storytelling that should be targeted to hallmark you're absolutely right the producers could have been like well we can't go on hallmark they're not going to have black people kissing they're not going to yeah. have like there's a gay character on the show they're not going to have gay people like they you're right they probably thought that yeah and you know f- looking towards the future they could miss out on a lot of amazing scripts because maybe the time is coming where people are just going to be like they're not going to support the vision I have for this. I'm going elsewhere. Yep. I'm going to Netflix. Yep. And there you are know? a million streaming services now where you can do just that. Yeah. So, you know, this could be the be this could be their demise, you know what I mean? So, if people if people stick <sighs> to it, that's the thing is like they tweeted Hallmark, or I think it was on Instagram maybe, the other day were like, is everybody looking forward to Christmas in July? And I looked at the comments and it was everyone's like, yay, Christmas in July. And I'm like, where's the anger, man? I'm still angry. Like, I, I know. Yeah. Like, we're not. That's true. I'm not. So I don't know. I I don't know. I just hope the momentum continues. Um, but Mel, what I did hope... you think about Sweet Magnolias? Because I know you I watched loved it, it I mean, it was. I loved it. I watched it. It was one of those shows where I was like, oh, I guess I'll start this. And then every day it's like, I cannot wait to finish my work so I can sit down and continue watching this show. It's great. I mean, it's great. It's so fun and engrossing and um, just the perfect Netflix watch. The only problem I have is that it ends on the cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, well, I need to know when the second season, like I spent a lot of time Googling, like, wait, I need to figure out if this happened in the books so I can know what the answer is. And it, as far as I could tell, it didn't. So, um, anyway, I need I need the second season like yesterday, basically. I need it. I need it to just we need it. on. I didn't want it to end. Yeah. If you like Hallmark movies, you guys need yeah. to watch this show. It's excellent. Yeah. Okay. I'll watch it. I know you guys told me about it, yeah. but, um, I'm currently in the middle of something else and, there's just so many well, you're also, hours in the day. You're also co-viewing, so you have to... Uh, I don't know if Casey let me tell is going like, to like Sweet Magnolias. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but let me tell you about this situation real quick. Yeah. Sidebar. Um, we decided to start watching Community. Mm-hmm. Um, a show that he has seen, and I actually never got into it. I think I like watched like the first few episodes. What, whatever. So we started watching it. And then I'm currently working. He's off right now. And 
I like would go out in the living room and he'd be like six episodes ahead. And I'm like, uh, no. hello. <laughs> no. He went right on. He went right on without me. No. So now what happens is I'm going backwards. Ugh, you know, that, that whole like, you know, wait until your partner's around to finish the show. We're not doing that apparently. Well, so well, then you should just watch that heck out of some sweet magnolias. I know. But let me tell you, community is great. If you just need something to just zone out and laugh, Donald Glover makes that show. It is hilarious. Right. And it's I know so Mel, funny. we talked about we talked about um, the toxic masculinity. Yeah, the toxic masculinity. I tried though I watched the first episode and I was like, I don't know if I can watch Joe McHale. The thing be is a the thing is it's like later in the seasons, like it really becomes more about the other characters anyway. Yeah. So And you kind you of see some layers. Characters. Yeah. And you see yeah. some layers to him eventually. Um Yeah. Erica in community has the character of magnitude showed up yet? Yes. <laughs> pop, pop. Okay. <laughs> okay. So magnitude is my favorite and I still will randomly say pop pop. Oh, yeah. I love magnitude. <laughs> Me and Casey like a couple times a week we'll just be like um Troy and Abbott in the morning. Like it's a theme song that they sing. <laughs> Troy and Abbott are the best two characters. They're so hilarious together. And their right. friendship and, like, is the so cute. And the at the end. I know. I know. All right. I'm going to pick it back And the Dean up. is great, too. Oh, he's so good. Pop, pop. Pop, pop. Watch it, Mel. I will. Can I, can I recommend something to watch? Yes. Yeah. Now, so my other... So Hallmark is like my... go Was my go-to. Is my... I don't know. Like safe space chat like i'm just gonna tune in and everything's gonna fall away and i'm gonna enjoy whatever i'm watching my other channel that's like that is freeform oh yes man do i watch sorry no it's all right i watch so much freeform programming um and a show i would recommend that everybody watch if they're looking for something is a show called good trouble which is a sequel to their series that ran for a really long time called the fosters which i also recommend Mm mm-hmm but um, so the Fosters is about um, a foster family. Like it's about a lesbian couple that has adopted uh, multiple foster children, basically, and then you know they're and just everything they go through, and it's that's that show is great too. But then Good Trouble, and so is the t- like two of the girls from the family moving to LA post college. And it's a little sexier. It's a little, uh, you know, more grown up. But the way that free, like Freeform, loves to be progressive and to yes. push these. Like I heard there was an episode of Good Trouble where like a black character hands a white character a copy of White Fragility and says, "Read this because it's not my job wow. to teach you." Like, and this was wow. like this was like last season. Like this is not recent. Um, and they did a whole Black Lives, they have a whole Black Lives Matter arc. They did, they have trans characters, they have bisexual, they have, gay, they have everything. And I've, and this is embarrassing, I have, I have learned so much from these freeform channels <laughs> of shows over the years. Like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm liberal and stuff, I know stuff, but then, like, there was an episode of The Bold Type, another show I love. I love that show. Yeah. Do you remember that episode? I think it was season two-ish, um, where they want the one of the girls wants to hire 
someone to run the social media at the, at the magazine. They all work at a fashion magazine. And she wants to hire this, I think it's a Latina girl who has, who's like really has her own social media and she's really well-versed. And she had called her out on one of her posts being racist or something. And she's like, I want to hire this person. She's clearly very qualified and she would also just be a good person to have on our team. And the white board members are like, well, we can't hire her because she didn't go to college. She didn't have a college degree. And so the whole episode is about basically all the, the like how people hire in their own, like having all these systems in place that prevent people from getting hired mm-hmm. into those jobs. And then those jobs continue to be white men, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, pri- white privilege, all that. Sh- and then at the same time, one of her friends doesn't get hired and she is angry and she thinks it's because she's white and she lost a job. At beca- and it was like that episode, oh, like I never thought about hiring practices in that way until I saw that episode. And I was like, I'm a dummy. Like I never saw this. And it took this teeny bopper show. <laughs> <laughs> that is and i'm a 40 year old woman like it, I, it is not i know i'm not the target audience but it totally changed my outlook on shit like that and so good trouble i highly recommend bold type i i recommend a little less but <laughs> i still love it um they have a, the higher ups sorry go ahead no go ahead i was i was gonna say the higher ups at freeform yeah need to have lunch with the higher ups at Hallmark, <laughs> they could not be like, more different. They could not. Be they could different. not be more different. Like when I was watching the, the recent episode of the Bold Type, you know, I fast forward through the commercials and something stopped me and I rewound it. And they are doing commercials about Black Lives Matter. They're doing commercials about Pride. Like they, yes, like commercials as in like promoting you know their channel and how they're for it, like stuff like that. Not like you know yeah. a product commercial, but it's like. They are doing it right. Like, who's ever running that show gets it. Or that that network yeah. gets it. You know, people could take a page out of their book. Yeah. And every That's single amazing. one of their shows is, I mean, not all of them. I mean, I also watch Siren, which is about, like, angry mermaids. But, like, like murder. Wait, 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 wait. Say more? There's another. I was going to say, all of their programs push the envelope in some way. Except maybe Sirens. But <laughs> Sirens is about, I mean, I guess it's about different species intermixing. I don't know. It's about <laughs> intermixing about... of species. Yeah. You know what? That's, what? what? that's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. That's what I so want to see about... on Hallmark. Interspecies relationships. Yeah. So, oh, I guess it's about, like, climate control, too. So there's these mermaids <laughs> who... Come oh, out, so they're they they are no longer able to reproduce because mankind <laughs> has effed up their ocean. So one of the mermaids <laughs> comes out. She's like an ambassador, and they so when they go onto land, they grow legs. An ambassador. Well, she comes. I don't remember why she comes to shore. She comes to shore for <laughs> some reason. They magically just get legs they too, do, but it's very painful. So they're like, <laughs> and then. And then they and then they can only be on shore for a certain amount of time, or they get really really sick. So she comes to shore, and she meets a dude, our you know the main dude who who and his girlfriend, Prince Eric, they, basically a Prince Eric who comes from a lineage like he's like a like a New England Nantucket type town, 
and way back in the day his ancestors like there's some like fable that they murdered all the mermaids or whatever or something and it turns out oh it may have been actually real anyway so <laughs> he hears the siren song and falls in love with the mermaid twist mermaid also falls in love with him and mermaid also falls in love with his girlfriend so then they th- they oh, form a throuple no! <laughs> so they form a throuple Meanwhile, interracial, not, and, and his girlfriend is black, too. So they form a throuple, and there's, like, a, a threesome. Uh, like, you know, it's not, like, explicit, but it's, I've had to fast forward. I felt, I was like, oh, this is a lot. For, I was like, can my neighbors see my TV from a distance? Um, so anyway, but then there's also, like, people are distrustful. They want to murder the mermaids. And then the mermaids what are, like... What the hell is this show? And then, like, scientists want to, like, exploit the mermaids. And then it's, like, siren. What's the siren song sound like? Is it, like, um, the Little Mermaid song? It is. It is very similar. It's, like... It's, like, oh like, Yeah. Aww. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, it's more, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay how many seasons have there been you know it's hard because freeform does those like half seasons they're like yeah. season a season b i feel like it's been like three seasons oh I my just, god and i've never heard of it i just looked it up and it says there are 35 episodes total <laughs> the show is is done but there oh, were 35 forever? episodes yeah i'm a I little behind so. Oh, it's done forever. Sorry, Mel. Then we're mermaids. They were trying. This I'm, I'm, I'm is a little behind, but they were she, like they were trying to um, artificially inseminate the mermaid because they're trying, <laughs> of course, to help her reproduce, <laughs> so the species wouldn't <laughs> die. It's it is a lot. It is a lot, and there's also like people living in town that have like mermaid lineage, and um, oh, you know what? Yeah, so it is about. So like there's also a time where people are starting to round up the mermaid. They like make them they do like can do a test to see if they have mermaid lineage and then if they do, they get rounded up. So, you know what, they are dealing with some topics. Um All right, freeform. I don't I don't I wow. don't get you, but I support yeah, you. I I did not come here to promote sirens. I was saying good That's wow. okay. trouble, I'm... the fosters, bull type. Um they have a lot of programs on there. There's a one. Everything is fine. I haven't really watched yet, but I heard good things. And sure, maybe stick around. And if you ever some sexy mermaids. And if you, and if you ever want to watch Harry Potter, that thing's on like every freaking weekend. Yeah, they have a lot of Harry Potter. So much Harry Potter. Wow, my mind is fully blown by this mermaid show. Everybody should start we watching. We went to Mel to introduce us to this. I know we're all coming soon. This is just going to be a Sirens podcast because we're going to get so into it, dude. It's bad. It is not good, but I watch it anyway. <laughs> There's a show that I've been watching that I have been really enjoying um, that I would like to share. It's called The Baker and the Beauty. Have you guys seen this? No, I just added it to my Hulu no. watch list. Yes. Yeah, so it's on Hulu. Um, I think it originally aired on ABC. And it's about this... Um, man who works at his family's Cuban bakery and on a night out in Miami, um, everything kind of goes wrong with his girlfriend. They have like a horrible date and, but he ends up, um, connecting with this like party girl socialite, um, 
who they click and it's about it's basically about them trying to navigate a relationship because she is like a superstar an international superstar like daughter of a hotel um tycoon and he is just this humble he comes from more humble beginnings and it's really fun it's a fun sweet romance show that i think our hallmark fans will really like here's the bad news they had one season that just finished airing and the show's been canceled but there i know i know but there's hope we have hope that a streaming service will hopefully pick it up and keep it going because it is just such a sweet show so if you need some escape which we all need right now um and you have just finished sirens then you can go (laughs) ahead and watch the um baker and the beauty and if you want to watch something that takes absolutely no thought process um (laughs) this is so this is no one's gonna watch this but me uh, there's a game show called Holy Moly, <laughs> season two, <laughs> season two, and it's freaking great. You have to skip to season two. Can you follow? What up? is Holy season Moly? Two, season two is airing right now. It's basically um, Wipeout means meets mini golf. <laughs> and so, but okay, so who who started it was Steph Curry, uh, basketball Mel. I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's his show, and it's hosted by Rob Riggle, who is hilarious. He's the commentator along with Joe Tessitore. Tessitore, I say it wrong. The he's a broadcast, a sports broadcaster, and basically these people um, have to just play mini golf, but then they also have to do like crazy things, like you know run over a beam with like cannons of water coming at them and then go through a windmill and the windmill like knocks them over into the water and it's just it's freaking great where is it's just where is that it's on abc i think it's abc okay. but it's ridiculous it's ridiculous i actually wanted to get my husband to actually go on the show because he loves golf oh, but Casey. i'm not sure he would. i feel like he'd be good for it it, I mean, it. the golf is half is half the battle i mean one of the one of the holes is called hole number two and <laughs> they have to like put the golf ball like uh, like over this um very narrow pathway but then before they go and go to their golf ball to try to sink the putt they have to they only have like five seconds to run that length with a bunch of outhouses opening doors and knocking them into water it sounds ridiculous kind of but fun. it's fun i mean it's, i would watch that yeah. If you, I mean, if you don't mind watching people get hurt, I mean, <laughs> everyone enjoys Just it. Just slightly but hurt. It's great. Just a little hurt. Slightly hurt, yeah. But it's great because they have like contestants who are like all different ages and women and men. Like, it's great. So, totally not this target market of the people listening to our podcast. But hey, you know what? Try something new. Yeah. Holy moly, baby. I'm here Holy for it. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, this is a long a one. Discussion. I know. Yeah. An important one. Yeah. I know. I hope this I was feel useful. Like, I know. I still feel like there's so much left to say, but it's just like, I don't know. It's like. I think I want to, I think we should end it on um, Dory letting us know. Dory does a very good job at staying hopeful. Yeah, it's true. Especially during <laughs> these, and positive during these times. So I think we need some wise words 
from not to put you on the spot dory (laughs) yeah (laughs) well um you know i think that I had a very interesting kind of evolution on this period of time because after um, the video of George Floyd's death came out, I sat in my apartment and I was like, you know what? I know exactly how this is going to go because it's going to go the same way it always goes, which is there's a public outcry because this is tragic. There are going to be protests and then whenever there are protests, my mother has always taught me this, whenever there are protests, there are always people who are going to take advantage of those protests and use them for their own um, devices. So they will loot, they will set things on fire, just because they are freaking anarchists. And that is what people end up paying attention to, right? Like, this is textbook. This happens every time. And I watched it happen. I watched people, you know, seem sad about George Floyd dying, and then the protest started. And then I saw people, of course, the conversation turns to, well, you're never going to get what you want. You're never going to get your point across because look at these violent protesters that are burning our cities and... I was waiting for it. I was waiting for that response because it always happens. And I always feel the same way, which is, you know, of course looting is terrible. But can we talk about the reason that these protests started in the first place? Like, can we go back to the fact that a man was murdered? Why are we talking about buildings being burned more than we are talking about black people being killed in the street? Why have you only tweeted about buildings being on fire instead of deaths happening and I watched this happen time and time again and I was ready for it and then something really fascinating happened and as I continued to watch and there continued to be more protests I was shocked to find that all of that noise about looting and you know property damage We're being drowned out by people saying, no, we are choosing to focus on the fact that black people are being unfairly treated and killed and we will not stand for it. And we will stay in these streets and we will continue to protest no matter what narrative you're trying to push, no matter what false narrative you're trying to push. We will not be distracted. We will not turn our heads and change the conversation. We will get on our social media and we will say Black Lives Matter. We will admit where we are lacking and where we need to learn. We will speak out. We will promise to do better. And that I was not ready for. And that I did not expect. And I cannot tell everyone how heartening it has been to see people so committed to making changes not only in themselves but in their communities to make this country and this world safe and happy and healthy for everyone and that gives me hope this you know my cynical mind went to this is just going to be another blip on the radar another black man dead without much fanfare or discussion this is going to die down in a couple weeks and it hasn't people are still on the streets and it seems like people are really 
making concerted efforts to make change and to do better. And I have never been this hopeful about the state of racial, you know, solidarity in our country. I've never been this hopeful. It's been incredible to see. So I just hope that everyone who's listening and all of us continue to speak out and use our platforms and learn more and do better and not be silent. This is a time where we cannot sit on the sidelines and be silent. And we need to call out all injustice we see, whether it is um, police brutality or Hallmark not doing enough. I know it seems small, but it matters and we have to keep pushing and I've never been this hopeful. So, you know, I hope that helped. Thanks, yeah, Dory. thanks Dory. That's it. <laughs> That's all I got. Was that okay? That was, <laughs> that great. was beautiful. Well, I guess that's all for now. Uh, yes. Thanks for, thanks listening. for listening. This was a long one. Mm-hmm. I um, know. And let us know what you're doing to, to impact change. We'd love to hear some ideas too. This is an open discussion. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I wanted to ask are like, are we canceling Hallmark? Like, what do we do moving forward? Do we do the brackets? Do we just diversify the brackets? Do we, do we include other, a lot of other channels in the brackets? That's what I was thinking. Like, do we wait and see what they have to offer and then go all Lifetime and BET? And I don't know. Like, there's so many options out there now. Like, maybe... And I know I've always been I think the we one. wait and see. Yeah. I, I think we wait and see because a we don't know what's going to come down the pipeline with COVID going on. Who knows what's going to be produced this year? Yeah. Um, so I think we just wait and see. But I'm I mean, you guys last year added some lifetime, and I think that was a great call. And clearly they're stepping up a little bit. So if we shift over, you know, and include them, I think that's a good, we include some of these Netflix, you know, Christmas movies too. I think who knows? Yeah. I think it's to be determined. Yeah. I think we definitely need to diversify it and add some own movies, some BET movies, um, regardless of what Hallmark does. I think that it's time that we take that step. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like you said earlier, Erica, Hallmark has an opportunity right now to make some changes and let's wait and see and be hopeful that they will finally listen. Yeah. Good plan. All right. I'm going to cut it there, I guess. It was nice seeing you guys. (laughs) All right. It was nice talking to you guys. You too. This was probably the most intense podcast we ever (laughs) I know. Oh my goodness. I'm glad you're here with us, Erica, because you weren't here for the Zola. So I'm glad you're here now this one oh yeah thanks for having me back oh please (laughs) (laughs) your place is always here all right okay sorry i totally just like cut that off you're fine no erica's like all right bye Bye. all right bye (laughs) no just kidding no love you guys guys. bye guys thanks for listening